I'd vote for him. <laughs> Come on, give the Lord praise. Wasn't that an awesome time of worship? Amen. <laughs> Amen. I just love when God's just moving and moving the hearts of people. And sometimes we just need to, to wait it out and see, God, what do you want to do? And it's okay, right? Amen. 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 Okay, that's good. Um, hey, listen, this coming uh, Wednesday is our start of our freedom classes, Foundations to Freedom. If you've never done those classes, listen, it, they will put you on a start to seeing freedom in your life. I mean, it's not that you have to be addicted to anything. Sometimes every one of you are messed up in some way, okay? Right? Amen. And so as soon as you recognize that and realize that I, I'm, I'm not as free as Christ made me to be free, and so... Step into that and just start, you know, just come to these classes and just learn about how to be free in your thoughts and in your life, physically and spiritually, relationally, you know, just see what God can do in that, okay? So I challenge you to come here this, starting this uh, Wednesday for that, amen? And listen, I, hey, world's blue, amen, looking good, amen? They're going to beat the Mets again, amen, tonight, and um, um, so I'm glad uh, you, didn't, you didn't wear white socks, because you're still alive, so that you came through first service anyway. Um, but we just see the Cubs there. That's that's okay. It's going to be the Cubs and the Royals this year anyway, amen. And um, but uh, hey, listen, if you didn't receive a ticket coming in and you want to be in the drawing for Royals tickets right after the service here, uh, make sure you just go out in the foyer right now, and uh, they'll get you a ticket, and uh, we'll be uh, drawn here. In fact, I think children's ministry. If you got an elementary. School, uh, child today, there'll actually be a drawing for some tickets down there too. So, Amen. God's good, isn't He? Amen. Okay, turn in your Bibles to Psalms seventy-three. Psalm seventy-three. Uh, we're starting a new series today called "Why." Um, how many guys ever asked that question before? And um, but we're we're going to deal with um, some things throughout uh, wherever how long the Lord has us on this series about uh, why do we do so, some of the things we do? Maybe even asking some hard questions. Um, like today, uh, why do uh, bad things happen to good people? And uh, how many of you guys have ever asked that question before? I mean, and uh, how many, you know, you just look around, you're thinking, why are they doing so well? And I seek you, Lord, and it's not going as well. And so uh, why, do, why, do, uh, why do bad things happen to me? And, uh, you know, going through what... Um, I have gone through in life, and, and especially my physical conditions and stuff, I mean, I've asked that question quite a bit. And why God? Why me? Why not a White Sox fan like Bill? <laughs> really, I did say that. But anyway, um, so, you know, so I'm going to, I'm really, you know, I was, I was thinking about this message. We, we plan our messages in, in, in months in advance. We ask the Holy Spirit, not that he can't change us or anything. But um, when I asked, the, you know, some of the teams, should we, what should we do on this Sunday after Easter? And this is what came up. I didn't really want to do it. I want you to know why, because I can't answer the question completely. I mean, I can throw out to you some things that I, I see, like I can say sin, Sin in the world, that, that does hurt people, and people get hurt by that. And no, no matter if you're a Christian or non-Christian, um, sin will, can, and still destroy you in some way. It can hurt you in some way. I don't care where you're at. As a Christian, it may not stop you from going to heaven, but definitely can hurt you, right? 
I mean, you, you can't go and rob a bank and say, hey, listen, I'm a Christian. I've got I to get out jail free card. That doesn't work. You know, sin will still destroy. So, yeah, so I can say, yeah, why bad things happen to good people is because of sin in, in, in their lives or sin in other people's lives. You know, God does not control people, right? And so he's given us all a free will. He's given free will to good people. He's given free will to bad people. And sometimes the bad hit the good. Amen? And so um, that, that can happen. But, but there's just sometimes there is no answer. There's nothing. I don't know why. I don't know why bad things happen to good people or why good things happen to bad people. Sometimes I just don't know. There's no answer to it. And gone through what all of I've, I've gone through, sometimes those made-up answers that people make up, well, it's just this and this, uh, it doesn't work. Sometimes it causes more harm than good. You know, sometimes there are answers. And you always try to seek, and it's not wrong to ask God why. And sometimes He gives you the answer why. But sometimes it's quiet. I don't hear a thing. And sometimes in my pain and people who are in pain, we grasp for something to bring comfort. And sometimes people force things out of people well, I, just to try to make you happy and try to make you comfortable. And it just doesn't work. See, sometimes our need for mystery is just as important as our need for revelation and understanding. Sometimes we just need to be in that place of faith. See, learning to believe is very important, and that's what faith is. And when there's much revelation, much understanding, faith doesn't seem as needed as much. But we need that. It's vital that we learn to live in those times of mystery, to trust God. Because we know, and we just sing it, He is good. Isn't He good? He's a good Father. And sometimes we don't understand why things are happening, but it's okay. He is good, and He is just, and He is faithful, and He is loving, and He, he, he has my back, and He has your back, and no matter what, we're going to get through those things. God is good, and we can trust that, and we can deal with that. And we may not know the answers, and some, it has to be okay. Because I can trust and have faith in him. And there's this guy in Psalm 73 named Asaph, and he was going through some of these things. And he was asking the question, God, why does good things happen to bad people? That's the question he's asking. So look at verse 1 here in, in Psalm 73, verse 1. And I want to go through this a little bit. Look at verse 1. And he says this. He says, Truly, God, you are good in all Israel, to such as are pure in heart. And so he's He's, he's saying here at the beginning, Asaph is saying, I believe God is good, but we start seeing he's struggling with this. How many's ever struggled with that? Just, yeah. And look at verse 2. He says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the boastful. And when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no pangs in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride serves as their necklace. Violence covers them like a garment. Their eyes bulge with abundance. 
and they have more than heart could wish. They scoff and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens, and their tongues walk through the earth. Therefore, his people return here, and waters are full, uh, are waters of a full cup are drained by them, and they say, "How does God know?" And there is no, and is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, there are these are on the ungodly who are away at who are always at ease, and they increase in riches. And so he's saying, "I'm watching these people who don't seek you, God. So why is it that they are prospering?" Why, God, if, if you are righteous, are allowing good things to happen to bad people? Why is that? How many have ever asked that? You look at these people and, and you're saying, God, why? I mean, they're not following you, but they're blessed. They're, they, they're, they, they look happy. And you're sitting there and you're following God and, and it's not really happening to you yet. Look at verse 13. He says, surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued and, and chastised every morning. And if I had said I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generations of your children. So here the psalmist Asaph is struggling, but he, he understands and he's very wise where he voices his struggle. He doesn't, he, he's wrestling with his faith, but he's not going to talk about it or share it with children or people who are weaker than him. And then look at verse 16. He says this, When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful to me. So he says, I'm trying to understand it, but it's very painful. It's hard for me to do that. I can't. And look at verse 17. goes on. He says, Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. Oh, how they are brought to desolation as in a moment, and they are utterly consumed with terrors. And as a dream, when one awakes, so Lord, you, when you awake, you shall despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was vexed in the mind. I was f- so foolish and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Notice, notice where he's, here's the turning point. It's a lot like Job. Job uh, asks the questions in the book of Job. He asks the questions, why do bad things happen to good people? And here Asaph is asking the question, why does good things happen to bad people? Both of them, after meeting with God, walk away saying, I was foolish for asking the question. Making, basically, making the question my main event here. Making the question so big in my life. I was foolish to do that. Both of them, when they entered the sanctuary of God, they saw the greatness of God and they said, my mind is too finite. My mind is too feeble to really understand a lot of things. To understand why some things happen. And when they met the Lord, they saw the greatness of who he was and they understood, I can't do this. And when the psalmist speaks of going to the sanctuary, he means that he came before the presence of God. And look at verse 23. He says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand. You will guide me with your counsel and afterwards receive me to, your, to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart fail. So where he's at right now, he's not in a good place, but also he's in a good place. His heart is failing, but look what he says. My, my flesh and my heart fell, but God 
is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So what do we do when evil prospers? What do we do when things don't go like we think they should? What do we do when bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? How do we respond when you look at life and you wrestle with those things? What is going on? And it doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem fair. I seek you, God. I, 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 I do my best. I know I'm not perfect, but I seek you and, and things don't seem to always work out right. So I believe the question we can answer today and understand more fully isn't why God does bad things happen to good people or why does good things happen to bad people. I, I can't answer that completely. Everyone's different. There, there may be some things. There may be, maybe things. Maybe the answer is you're stupid. How many's ever been there before? My hand is up. I mean, that could be an answer, right? I mean, man, you should really raise your hand if you're married. You've been stupid before. <laughs> so there could be that answer. But there's sometimes, I don't know. There isn't an answer. So really, what the question really we should all be asking God is maybe not why, but maybe how should I respond when there's mystery? How should I respond when I don't know and I can't, I'm not hearing anything, God, from you? Because I don't, I don't know about if you understand this. God doesn't have to answer you. And sometimes he doesn't. Or maybe sometimes I'm just not there to listen. It could be a lot of those times. But when those times come, maybe the question I should ask, God, how should I respond? Because, that, because the answer that we seek sometimes even doesn't make sense to us. And it doesn't seem fair. So I can't answer the question why, but I can answer the question today how should we respond? Because it's in here in Psalm 73. So let me give you three ways we can respond in those times of mystery. Those times we don't understand. Because, I mean, I'm telling you what, it's going to be a lot better than you making, uh, making something up. Right? Well, it's, it must be God. How do you know? Well, God allowed it. God allowed sin, and His Word said it wasn't His will. So we can't just blanketly ask, say those questions because I'm going to tell you something. You can do more harm than good. And sometimes you've got to look at somebody. I don't know. But let me help you. So how should I respond? Number one, don't look around with envy. The psalmist confesses that when he saw people prospering, he had envy. He didn't envy their character. He didn't envy their circumstances. He didn't envy their pride, and he, but he envied their position in life. David said in Psalms 37, 1, he says, Psalm of David, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. We are instructed not to fret or have envy when evil people prosper because envy is sin. Envy is a sin because you, you say to God, God, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at in you and what you've given me. I woke up, I was telling the worship team this morning that 
I, I woke up this morning and, and just a, a, a thing of, I had to be thankful today. And not every Sunday I wake up thankful. I'm going to be honest with you. I want to change our service time so I can sleep in. Let's <laughs> be honest. I am thinking about it. Now, 11 o'clock, you guys don't understand that. But when you have a 9 o'clock, you've got to be here at 8 or 7. And a worship team, I don't know, they get here at 6, some of them. Let's give our worship team a hand. Amen. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I, but I woke up this morning, and I had to, just by the Spirit of God, I, I, had to, I had to be thankful. And I really wasn't as much thankful. But I let it out of my mouth. We can't allow envy to come in. Because I've got to be thankful for what God's given me. And I can't look on to somebody else and I wish I had that. Or I wish I had that. Because we begin to think I should have that. You've got to be satisfied. When envy comes in, faith goes out. The door, it leaves. Envy is a lack of faith. Envy says, God, I, I'm not, you're not doing your job. That's a dangerous statement, by the way. So Mark Allen, your nose, don't say that. Envy comes in, faith goes out. And you see, when envy gets in your heart, it's when you resent them for what they have. You're unhappy with others' happiness. And it causes you to be bitter. Look at what Asaph said in in verse 21. He says, thus my heart was grieved and I was vexed in my mind. When you are filled with envy, you look around uh, to others and you always are going to lose. Every time you compare yourself to others, you're always going to find somebody that you've got it better in and pride's going to come in. Or you're going to find somebody who's got it better than you and then envy's going to come in and it's going to destroy you. Either way, you're going to lose when you compare. And a lot of times... Times we want God to be fair. So we think, since I've done this for you, God, and I've done that for you, God, you must do that for me. Let me tell you something about God. He is not fair. That is not an attribute of God. God is loving. God is faithful. God is just. But he just isn't fair. And we don't want him to be fair. Because if, he, if he's fair, then we would get what we deserve. So God, please don't be fair Because it would be based off my performance. I don't want God to be fair. Thank you, God, that you're not fair. Because every single one of us will be doomed to be without him for eternity. Separated from God. He is just. He is loving. But he's not fair. So don't look around in envy. When you choose to look around in envy, you'll be oppressed. And that's what he says in verse 16. He says, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. He says, when I try to understand this, it oppresses me. I can't figure it out. Don't look around. That leads me to the second point. What we need to do is look up. And when I say that, I mean, look vertically to God. The first 12 verses of Psalm 73, Asaph keeps on saying this, they God, they God, they God. Then after 12, he starts saying, you God, you God. It changes. So he stops looking around to they and them, and starts looking to you, God. Looks up. Verse 25 says this. Who 
Whom have I in heaven but you? This, this changes. Whom in, have I in heaven but you, God? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail. He's just being honest. I, 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 I'm desperate. I, I am tired. I, I, I can't stand this anymore. But, <laughs> buts always cancel out what you just said. Don't ever say, I love you, but. That's not a good thing. But this one is. My flesh and my heart felt, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And here is where Asaph, he realizes is when he starts to delight in God, he finds what he delights in God is better than what he envied. When he delights in God, that God is better than what he longs for. He finds all he needs in God. His only portion on his plate is God, and that is enough. And so when we stop looking around and we look up and we look to him, we delight in him. In fact, David said in Psalms 37, 4, he says, delight in God and he will give you the desires of your heart. And you see, what you envy after and you get it, it will never satisfy. Only God satisfies. If you delight in money, it will never be enough. John Rockefeller, who's one of the richest men ever in the world, was asked, how much money is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. It never satisfies. When you look, up, look at a substance to satisfy you, it will never be enough. And that's why in verse 17, he says, till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. See, when the psalmist speaks of going to the sanctuary, he means he came before the very presence of God. He actually went into the temple, and that was a place where he could meet with God at that that time. And when he did that, he began to see things from God's perspective, his point of view. In the temple, he began to shift from a natural thinking. A natural thinking always thinks about self. But he shifted from a natural thinking to a spiritual thinking. And the spiritual thinking was all about God. It was not about him. He changed his thinking by looking up, by delighting in the Lord. Because he was thinking like a natural man. And it got himself all worked up. It got himself worried. It got himself in a terrible state of mind. But when he went to the sanctuary, he began to understand things from God's point of view. He came into the sanctuary. Sometimes with our natural mindset, we're always centered on self. Our natural thinking, people react to their circumstances. They react according to their feelings, according to their moods or their emotions. And when that happens to you, your range of vision is narrowed. It's narrowed down to those factors that are bothering you, that are troubling you. And you cannot think beyond that. You can't think past those things. They actually become a wall where you can't move forward. You get stuck. And when your feelings govern you, then they will always limit you. And that was what was troubling this man, Asaph, until he went to the sanctuary. And he begins to see, when he comes into the sanctuary, he begins to see in the presence of God because he begins to see things differently. And God actually starts to show him some things. He centers his life on God, not on self. 
And his vision becomes broadened. And you can see other things. You can see why sometimes. And sometimes the why doesn't matter. It's just God gives you vision for where he's taking you. And I love that. So how do we enter the sanctuary today? Because the New Testament says that we are the temple of his Holy Spirit. So how do you enter the sanctuary? Well, you just get alone. Don't run to the computer and Google why. Amen? Don't get on the phone and ask everyone else and their mother why. Why is this happening? Why is it, start, it starts to be gossip, by the way. So you get into a place alone, leave your, your phone away from you so you don't be, be tempted to Google. Grab an old school Bible. Amen? Because you can't Google anything in here except for God. And get in there and start reading and start praying. Put some worship music on. Don't, no death leopard right now. Later maybe, not now. And just worship him and say, God, I have questions, but I have you. And you are greater than any answer you are, that I could ever receive. And all I need is you. And delight yourself in the Lord and allow him to lead you to read. So Father, teach me truth. Teach me. Teach me. Show me vision beyond my circumstance. That's more important sometimes than the why. Draw near to him. Draw near to him and just receive that. I remember in my hospital bed that, um, if you don't know, I was in the hospital for 23 days. And the beginning was very scary. It wasn't a good thing. And I'm, I'm just, just, God, why? What happened? Why did I get my life to this, my physical life to this point? I kept on asking why. I have never yet to this day, I still do not know. And please don't give me your answer because I've heard it. And it's not right. This is all I heard. That's all I heard. I, I came to him. I had you come into my, ho- my hotel, hotel room anyway. My, um, my, my hospital room. There's worship music going on all day long. I was drawn near. I just, that's all I knew to do. And here's the answer he gave me. He didn't answer my question, but he knew what was in my heart. He says, Sean, you did nothing wrong. That's all I needed. I didn't know that was the question I was answering anyway, asking anyway. He knew. Sometimes your why is not really the question that you you are asking anyway. And you just allow him to come in. And still to this day, I don't know why I have this. Why I almost died. Why I'm doing, I had gone through this stuff. Why didn't Bill do it instead of me? I, I just don't know. <laughs> and I don't care anymore. 
He's bringing me through it. He's shown me vision. I've got a scooter. It's allowed me to minister to a lot older people than I am. They're asking me where I got my wheels. <laughs> so I tell them my story. No, no joke. I have. I've been ministering to a lot of older people in Walmart. <laughs> Draw near to him. Look up. Then the third and final thing. Declare his works. Let's look, read the remainder of the chapter, verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for holotry. But it is good for me to draw near to you, God. I have put my trust in you, Lord God that I may declare all your works. Sometimes you just need to speak the word of the Lord. You need to, when you're in that quiet time and you're drawing near to him, you're looking up, God, I need a word, and that's okay. And he will give you one because God is always speaking. He may be from the Bible, may be coming into your spirit, but you need to speak that out. And write that down. Get it to him and speak it out. Sometimes you just need to remember how God has healed you, how God has helped you, how God has provided for you, how God has loved you. You need to remember those times and speak those out again. And I I remember David in 1 Samuel 17, verse 37. David said this, and as he was about ready to go to the Philistines, he was talking to Saul and everybody around him, and they didn't believe that he could do this. And look what he said. He says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. And sometimes you just need to rise up and begin to remember, God, you did that for me. And if you did that for me, you will do this for me. If you said that about me, then that is who I am. And sometimes we just need to speak it out and we need to say it loud and you need to let your neighbors know what God says about you. Speak his word. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21 that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We just need to speak the word of God. Declare his works because, man, You've spoken things over your life that are wrong. But what does God say about your life? And when you're looking up and you're not looking around and you're looking up, you would ask the Lord, what do you say about me? Because this is what I say about you. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. You speak those words. And when people speak words against you, that says something wrong about you, don't listen to it. You only listen to the word of the Lord. And let me warn you Christians. Put quotation marks in front of this. Because no Christian, no lover of God, should ever put another believer down in any way. It is wrong, and it's from the pit of hell. And if you are a believer, you are being used by an unbeliever, Satan. Don't do it. 
You speak the word of the Lord. Well, Sean, they did it. I don't care. You speak God's word over people. Amen? My, my first year of marriage was a living hell. You, you've heard me say that, and you still don't believe me. Lisa was terrible. <laughs> uh, no, no joke. She was. She was, um, she was taking birth control pills, and it was messing up her home, hormones, and we didn't know. I just thought, that's not who I, I proposed to right there. <laughs> it's like, just let the head turn around. There's demons there or something. But now, Of course, I wasn't all perfect, I know, but close to it, but not all. <laughs> anyway, um, I remember going to bed angry. How many of you have ever went to bed angry at your spouse? Okay, some of you, your hands went up real quick. Um, I was, uh, we went to bed angry. Both of us angry at each other. And I've told you this story before, and I, I felt like I was just supposed to pray the word of God over her instead of just complaining, because I've been complaining to the Lord, and it just hasn't worked. And so I prayed what the word says about my wife. And I didn't know this. We didn't know this till a, a few years later that she was doing the same thing to me. Even though I didn't need it as much as her. But speak the words of life over people. Speak the word of life, God's word over you. Declare his works. Amen? So when I was sick in my hospital, I declared the works of God. God, you healed me before of heart issues. You're going to heal me of whatever this is. God, you provided for me before. You'll provide for me again. Amen? Speak the words of God. Amen? Well, close your Bibles. Put down your notes and close your eyes and bow your heads. You know, right now, right where you're at, you just some of you are just in this place. I mean, you, the, the why questions have always been coming up. Why is this happening to me? Why, why is my marriage like this? Why is my business like this? Why is this happening? Maybe you just need to start to dec- draw near to him. Stop looking around. Draw near to God. And ask him, what does he say about you? Start declaring that. Start speaking that over your life. What is he saying right now? Just just yell it out. What is God saying to you right now about you? Just say it out. Say it out loud. Just someone. (laughs) Come on, again? Yes. Any more? What's God saying? <laughs> Isn't that good? Chosen. Yeah. Yes, yeah, new creation. What was that? Get ready. Get ready. Amen. Bless. What, what was that? Strong and handsome. 
Come on. <laughs> That's confirmation but two witnesses there, amen. Anybody else? Come on. Child of God, what was that, Don? His delight. His delight. Trust Him. What was that? Yes. Treasure. Amen. See, perfect in every way. Overcomer. Total faith. See, this is good. This amazing grace. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So you speak those words. You write them down. Let them be truth to you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word and your faithfulness. You're such a good father. We love you, Lord, and we thank you, God, that we have questions. We don't know why things happen, why bad things happen to us, why bad things happen to others, why good things happen to people that we don't think should. But God, you are our God. And you, we will focus on you. You are faithful. You love us and you care for us. And so God, we choose to look up and not look around. And we choose to declare your works and look beyond. Get your perspective, your point of view and look beyond what's going on right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We love you, Lord. You're faithful. Amen. Come on, give him praise. Isn't he worthy? Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, when uh, somebody asks you why, it's okay to say, I don't know. And you may not. But you just point them in the right direction. Stop looking around. Go pray. You may even help them pray. Go worship. And declare the works of God. And allow Him. See, this is what this does. It sets us up for Him to lead us out. Amen? Because no matter where you're at right now, it's not where you'll be. You'll be let out. Allow him to lead you out. Amen. Come on, give him praise and welcome Bill as he ends our services today.